Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at AntiochRaleigh.com. So, um, one of the things we've been doing the last few years is seeking the Lord at the end of the year for what the next year is to bring us. I think there's, there's really a, a major theology that I want to go into, but I want to just kind of um, just reemphasize. It's like you hear these things, and there's so many things that we hear. We go, yeah, I, I believe that. I know that. And uh, the minute we start doing it that way is the minute we quit really paying attention and we, we need to be reminded, and the Lord is constantly hitting the refresh button on our hearts to get us to respond to Him, uh, even if it's an old and ancient word. And one of the things that Jesus said, and He said it to the devil, which was a really interesting thing, because I think because He said it to the devil, it, it was a manifestation of Him practicing what He said to the devil, which is, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so there is a really important component for all of us as followers of Jesus to be in tune with what is the Word of the Lord. And the Word of the Lord, first of all, this is the Word of the Lord. And I've been consuming the Word of the Lord for the last 45 years almost on a nonstop basis, which I will just tell you, I am in kindergarten. I just now feel like I've advanced to kindergarten because this word is so rich and so deep. And um, I just got through praying for a young lady who says, I just want to understand the scripture. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. Believe it or not, you will never get over that desire by the grace of God, is that you will always have that, Lord, I want to understand more of your ways. But here's the other part component of that. The Lord does speak, and He does speak, and He breaks through, and He begins to communicate with us specific words of the Lord. And so by way of review, and one of the things that we want to understand, the way the Lord does speak in, in His Word it is often in the form that it takes is a seed planted in our hearts. And that seed sometimes takes years to develop. Sometimes he does it very instantly. And in a, there's a lot of cooperation that goes along with us because we're the soil he plants that word into. Uh, so last year we had a word of the Lord, and I'm just going to really just briefly go back over them the first one was the, a year of unburdened, grace-filled prayer. The second one was a year where the Word of God itself manifests itself incarnationally in and among our people like never before. And I, was, I kept hearing the Lord wanted people to get confused when they met us that they'd actually met Jesus. And a year of great advancement in developing our emotional health with, our, with ourselves internally and with others. And then finally, we wanted to 
2022 to be a year where we received renewed love for those that are lost and outside the family. And we, we started doing Alpha. And, and Alpha is this little burgeoning method and approach for every single person in this church, especially the ones that says, I do not know how to do evangelism. Can you invite somebody to a meal? Can anybody do that in this room? If you can do that in this room, please raise your hand. If you can't, raise your hand and I will get ministry to you. (laughs) Okay. But the first word of the Lord was that this will be a year of unburdensome prayer. In other words, it'll be a kind of effervescence of prayer that'll begin to rise up. Well, unbeknownst to us, at the very same time, the Lord was speaking a prophetic picture throughout our entire Antioch movement that uh, really got started in a dream that Jimmy Seibert had, uh, I think, in the fall of 2021, and he was just really wrestling with this, this dream. It was just a very um, powerful dream, and in the dream, he was, uh, and, and Jimmy confessed, he said, I, I really didn't know my history very well. But in it, he saw the Queen Mary, which was a, uh, for most of you, it was a luxury liner that was named after the Queen of England. Uh, and um, that, in the dream, he saw it becoming a ship of war. And I won't go into all the details, <coughs> but <clears throat> during uh, his, his dream, he saw that ship and becoming a warship. Well, the fact of the matter is the Queen Mary during World War II was converted into a troop carrier and it became one of, it, it, ha, it was a luxury liner that kept, kept a, uh, I don't know, maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred people maximum on it and they turned it into a troop carrier that carried tens of thousands of troops all over the, the, the world taking troops to the War front, and the Lord was saying that I am taking the Antioch movement, and I am taking every all the comfortable uh, luxury things, and I'm turning my people into a conscripted army. I am drafting you to be part of what I'm doing in the earth, and that was uh, 2021. And the Lord began to speak about what drives that ship, that boat, was the boiler room, and what. It was later found out again all kinds of, of prophetic words from around the world were coming in about this very instance is that these boiler rooms were the most sophisticated boiler rooms in the history of navigation up to that point for boats. Now, my father was a sailor in the United States Army during the time the, the um, uh, Queen Mary was built and constructed. He was in the United States Navy, and he was a coal stoker in the boiler room of a United States battleship, the USS Tennessee, and um, he, he regaled us constantly with stories about that, but the, 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 the boiler that was in this particular uh, ship, interestingly enough, and Carolyn shared this with me just a few months ago when she did some research on it, the shape of the boiler, uh, the way the engineer had shaped those boilers was, as he did 
prayer. And the Lord was speaking that to the Antioch movement, not knowing that. Carolyn just wanted you to know that that was, uh, Carolyn Penny should shared that with me. And this is what's been happening all over the body of Christ in the Antioch movement, is the Lord is speaking these kind of repetitive words to different people without having any knowledge or experience knowing what the Lord is saying to other people. So my whole point of this is this is that we pay attention to the Word of the Lord in this hour. And so this year and last year, the Lord planted a seed about prayer. We begin to have more and more prayer. We are just beginning. It's just a seed. It's not the end of where we want to go. So um, I want to read a verse, a lot, a verse that a lot of you have heard, and some of you may not have heard. It's a powerful verse out of 1 Chronicles 12, 32. And it's kind of an odd verse. It's just stuck in the middle, kind of embedded between verses that talk about huge numbers of people and uh, huge numbers of the army. And and it says, from Issachar, which was one of the more minor tribes of Israel, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Two hundred chiefs with all their relatives under their command. Men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200. The previous verses and the following verses talks about 20,000 and 50,000 and 100,000. All these massive numbers. And yet embedded in the middle of this whole text. And here's the context of, of what had happened. King Saul, the very first king of Israel, had just been slain. He was dead. The, the guy that God had ordained to take his place had been in exile fleeing this, this king who had, had lost his way. And it says that he was killed because he disobeyed the Lord. I mean, right there in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 11, it tells us the tragedy of King Saul. And so the nation is, is in turmoil. The Philistines are, really look like they're winning the day to this day. They're actually looking for King David to kill him. And there is a whole group of people beginning to say, we want you, David, to be our king. But, but the, the government has not actually taken place here. And in the midst of this, there's this tribe who's one of the minor tribes that it says understood the times and knew what to do. And I believe that is a word for us. And so what is it that we're to do? What, what is it the Lord is saying? I want to pause just for a minute and say this. This is not in our notes, but I am incredibly thankful that we are in a time where the Lord is speaking. Yeah. There was a period of time in, church, in, in the history of Israel where it says, and the word of the Lord was, was rare. rare. Let's be incredibly thankful that the word of the Lord is not as rare as it was. We need to hear from the Lord. And I believe we are hearing from the Lord. And we want to hear more clearly and more fully. But, here, but that's what we're talking about today. What is it we feel like the Lord has been saying? And 
a couple of things here that relate to, you know, really hearing and being sensitive and dependent on the Lord. This is something that as, as Steve and I were praying through it, we were listening to some of the words of the Lord that had been coming to, to our sister churches in Antioch because I feel like he does talk, you know, to your family, to your church community, to the group of churches that you're related to, to the, all the church. It, it sort of it becomes a concentric thing. So we wanted to hear what the Lord was saying. And something that really struck me, that Jimmy Seibert, who's uh, the, uh, the founder of the Antioch movement, the best of man plus the best of God, which sounds great, right, does not equal the will of God. Kind of a shocking thing. It's the surrender of man. And the glory of God that propels the grace of God to accomplish his will. So our words this year, you're going to hear this over and over this morning, are not about how great we are, but how weak we are and how dependent we are and how much we need to surrender it's that position of surrender that will propel the will of God in the earth. Amen. It's not our gifting. It's not our strengths. It's my surrendering of my gifts that will be used. So we are a people of the Holy Spirit. Let us never forget that, okay? We are a people of the Holy Spirit. We don't just need a little help from God. We need Him to take over and do the thing he, only He can do in the earth, the supernatural stuff. And we, we get to participate in that because He is so kind toward us. I think that as Steve was talking about the boiler room, the thing that comes to my mind is how can we be a part of this boiler room? Well, we need to fire up the boiler of our own devotional life because, you know, you can't give what you do not have. We fire up our family altars. If you don't have a place in your home where you can really get away and be with the Lord, ask the Lord to help you get that. Fire up our life groups our small groups, because we need that power in the smallest element of what we're doing. The smallest, most intimate areas of God is where we really get that fire that becomes, you know, the boiler room was under the water line. It's deep. It's down low. It's not something that everybody sees. And that's really what we're talking about here, okay? You know, uh, I, I just recently learned this, and I, I felt like the Lord, he, even when we're talking about things serious, he has this sense of humor with me. And he goes, yeah, you don't want to have FOMO, fear of missing out. 
And that's what happens when we don't pay attention to the Word of the Lord. We might miss out. There is something God is wanting us to be a part of. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to my grave being one of those people that said, oh yeah, there was a move of God, but I wasn't a part of it. Do you have that fear, FOMO? That's a good healthy fear right there. The fear of the Lord, it's really what it is. But but one of the interesting things about the, the, so the Lord began to unpack this whole thing about boats all last year. And one of the things the Lord showed was that in those days, these they had coal-fired boilers, but the boiler was made up mostly of water, and a lot of that water was coming in from the ocean. They had an endless supply. But part of the problem with ocean water, it is filled with all kinds of stuff, most of which are, will gum up the work. So they had a thing called the sludge tank. And what would happen is all the impurities in the water would be deposited into the sludge tank. And so one of the things the Lord began to say to us last year, and He's continuing to say to us, is that we as the people of God have got to get rid of all those things that are stumbling blocks to our purity. Because the Lord is wanting to fire up what He's doing, but He can't use water that doesn't have purified, distilled water. Basically, it was distilled water. It was the cleanest water you can get. And that was what was being created. And there was a sludge tank to, to, to get rid of this sludge. So there's a couple of ways we do this. And we're going we're gonna to start, we're going to actually have a movement wide. All the Antioch churches around the world are going to enter into a period of fasting. Fasting is a way for us to kind of awaken how. Here's kind of the irony of fasting. The irony of fasting is it awakens you to how captive you are to the material world that you live in. And it awakens, first of all, just your physical appetites, mostly for food. And then in Jesus said this, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any life in you. And then he said, this is real food. I, 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 just, I was just reading that this morning. The Lord just took me to John 7. I want you to read that story again. I'm going, Lord, I'm going to preach on something else. And the Lord said, no, this is what I want, I want you, you to understand. You see, m- most of us talk about church. And then we say, but in the real world, You need to do a little more fasting if that's your attitude about it. You need to get in touch with what the real world is. In fact, it's said after that that the Pharisees were trying to kill him because he was reestablishing reality. And so part of what we're doing in fasting is we're reestablishing our anchors to the reality of the cosmic universe that we are participants in and is an invisible but superior kingdom than the one we currently live in. Okay? So that's one of the purposes of fasting. You want to... Okay, I want to 
let's, let's think about now, we've been talking about 2022, and that word about prayer and fasting and being, you know, humbly following after the Lord and dependency, that is not something that we are going to lay down in 2023. That is a continuing word. But in 20, for 2020, late in 2022, we began to hear, and the Antioch movement began to hear, lots of different references to rivers and boats and oars and sails. And it was very, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm listening. Because it was coming from lots of directions. Let me, let me just... Uh, let's read a scripture because this became a scripture that, <clears throat> that was central in, in a lot of the things that were coming out in terms of these words. Isaiah 33, 20 to 24. Look at Zion, the city of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, an undisturbed settlement, a tent which, which will not be folded. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes be torn apart. And as you know, that's been a word over our movement in Isaiah 54 about the tent. Uh, Isaiah 54, 2, 1 two and 2. And four, yeah. 2 and 4. So this was hearkening back to that. But the next part is what, what we really are paying attention to. But there, the majestic one, <clears throat> the Lord will be for us, a place of rivers and wide canals on which no boat with oars will go. On which no mighty ship will pass. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. So pay attention very closely to the words about boats, oars, rivers, sails. Why don't you fill us in on what some of those words that were coming in? Well, it all got started when someone came to some of the elders in Antioch, Waco, and shared. It was a young woman. She's very prophetic, but she's... She doesn't have any leadership roles other than to hear the voice of the Lord. Did you, did you hear that? That's an example to you. You go, well, that couldn't be the, that couldn't be. The Lord wouldn't want me. I mean, who am I? You are a servant of the Most High God. That's who you are. And sometimes you hear the voice of the Lord better than anybody else. In fact, he actually does that. And that's part of what we're, what we're about. I mean, that's part of the word we're here. We're, we're even going to emphasize, but so this, she shared this word. She said, I hear the Lord saying to us that the Lord does not want us to paddle anymore with our own man-built oars. We need to lay our oars down. And it just kind of rippled through to several of our senior leaders down and it's like, okay, Lord, we're listening now, now, then we were in Rome. Brenda and I were in Rome this past November, and we've waited to share this word with you because Christmas was happening and there was a lot of things going on, and this is a word for 2023. And so that's why we waited until today. And I just, if someone's not here, you know, I want them to be encouraged by you to listen to this so they will take to heart what the Lord is saying. But uh, so we, we're sharing this word, and it's really fascinating. When this word is shared, 
all the leaders, it's like the presence of God just falls. And within the next two hours, the entire leadership of about 300 leaders from, from all over the world were on their faces crying out to God. And it was, it was, I like to say it, it, it started during announcements. It did. It, it started during announcements, and the Holy Spirit <laughs> fell, and instead of announcements, we had encounter. And so it, so th- there was just this awe in the presence of God, and um, that, that was just kind of day one. So, um, <laughs> you know, the... Andrew Zanaco, who is the lead pastor of the church in Indianapolis, on the the day he land, he got back so he could preach on Sunday morning from Rome, and um, he finds out that Sunday that there is a group thread on prayer, and here's what the Holy Spirit, here's what one of the the prayer leaders in Andrew's church in Indianapolis said, the Holy not, Spirit, not knowing what had happened in Not Rome. knowing, because uh, Andrew hadn't been there. He hadn't told him anything. And he said, the Holy Spirit showed me a picture of us in a boat. And the Lord asked me, will you throw away your oars? Will you raise your sail and let me do what only I can do? That was in a group me, group thread of their, and, and one of the folks in the church said, this is what you, you guys are hearing? You, you, can't, you won't believe this. Later in that same group thread, a young mother exclaimed, Stop it! I guess that's, you know. Last night as I was rocking my baby to sleep, the Lord showed me a picture. Okay, so this is just a mom. She's doing something very mundane, rocking a baby. The Lord showed me a picture of me going down a river without an oar. She heard the Lord say, would you let me steer you? So I'm just going to give you one more story. And Jimmy shared how he'd gotten back from this kind of the weight of this this word and this kind of... you, You guys ever read the letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And there was some pretty strong rebukes, but almost every single church, even the ones that were relatively healthy, had a minor correction. And that's kind of what we really felt, is that that what the Holy Spirit is saying is, you know, I really appreciate your all's best. I, I appreciate that you are a consecrated people. You're, you're devoted to living a life below the waterline, having a secret life with Jesus, not just being external, learning how to walk with Jesus in the quietness of your life. I appreciate that. I appreciate your consecration. But your best is not enough. Give it to me and then stand and watch what I will do. And so... Jimmy gets back, and he calls up this prophetic guy, and the guy says, Hey, Jimmy, what, are you back from Rome yet? And he goes, Yeah. I said, I just felt led to call you this morning. And the guy goes, Well, look, I'm sorry. You know, this was Monday morning. 
He said, look, I'm sorry. I've got a, I've got a plane taking off. So you need to talk. You know, I've got to turn my phone off, put it in airplane mode. We haven't departed quite yet, but we're at the end of the runway, ready to get, get going. And he said, well, I just wanted to tell you, the Lord's speaking a word to me about dropping my oars and that our movement needs to let go of these man-made devices of power and propulsion. And the guy said, you're kidding me. And let me, uh, he said, I had a dream on Friday night. I was in a canoe paddling so hard, and I wasn't getting anywhere. It was exhausting. This represented my own works and agenda. Part two of the dream, I felt led to surrender my oar into the river. It was a Hebrew 6 moment of repenting from dead works. Jesus told me, I want my church back. This is a time to lay down vain efforts and agenda. He's dealing with his leaders. A new current started to pull the canoe down the river and took a while for me to recognize the current. It was almost like paddling had desensitized me from the current of the Spirit. Uh, Did you hear that? It was almost like paddling had desensitized me to the current of the Spirit. The current of the Spirit is power. The current pulled me in a new direction toward a new stream. I closed my eyes and I rested in the canoe. Now here's what's so fascinating. The guy said, I don't have time to tell you the dream. I'm going to text it to you. But just know, that's what I preached on yesterday, uh, a Sunday morning at my church. That's how fresh it was. And so, okay. you want to share about Kurt? One more story that's outside this. But Kurt Freeman from San Antonio. Some of you may know him. He's one of our pastors. One there. of the elders prayed over him a month earlier. I saw you paddling a boat, working hard. Then the boat transformed into a sailboat with no oars. You were still working, but now the work was different. You were working to hoist the sails to catch the wind. So fast forward a little bit to our... We, we were in Rome in November. We, we had already planned and had an elders retreat for the first few days of December. And at that elders retreat, we had two words that came out. Yeah, this was Daniel. One was about a river, returning to childlikeness, receiving what the Holy Spirit had for us as if we were in a river. You don't need to explain the river. You cannot do anything. You are carried by the river. Again, you know, these were words that our elders have been praying over. And then Nikki has a word about a ship, a boat. The Lord is where the Lord was not just the captain and we were rowing along doing what he said, but he, in fact, was more than just the ship and more than just the captain. He himself was the wind that was propelling the boat. So these guys didn't know that we'd been hearing these words. Let us pay attention. Let us not, let us pause. Let us think about what the Lord is saying here. 
What are our oars here at Antioch? Where, are, where do we have oars? Our oars represent human effort. It's what man can do, right? The wind is produced by God. And if there is no wind, I mean, we're just going to be dead in the water, right? But if there's wind, then we're going. <laughs> and so we started looking. It's like, all right, where are other stories in the Bible about oars? We need to think about this, Lord. We need, we need to really listen. If you look at Mark 6, verse 45 to 52, this is a, a story about Jesus and his disciples, there was a, there was a, he had just fed the 5,000. And he sent them an, on, uh, he went up to pray and he sent the guys on. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up to a mountainside to pray. There's that word, prayer. Okay. Um, later that night, he was... Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. He saw his disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by. I always thought that was a strange verse. You're just going to walk by, Lord? Anyway. Uh, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. So what are our oars? Well, I'm just looking at this verse. I can tell you what our oars are. Our oars are our competence. Hey, we're fishermen. We know how Jesus, he's a carpenter. They get in the boat. They go, well, it's a little rough out there, but we're competent fishermen. We know how to sail in rough waters until you don't know how to sail in rough waters. In the last few years, a lot of the boats have been overwhelmed with the, what's been going on in the culture. Um, another thing that happens to us is, that is some of our oars is we're preoccupied with all the difficulties of what's going on. Uh, we don't look for the Lord. We don't see the Lord. And when we do, it doesn't seem like he's paying any attention to us. And the reason he's walking by is he's wanting to see if we actually want him to be involved. And what, what was that, that verse in that song this morning? We need to cry out. Some of us have never cried out to the Lord a day in our life. Do you know it's perfect? I, I like to say it this way. If you don't pray to, today, you're probably going to eat. Give us this day our daily bread is not as meaningful to many of us, right? You know, here, here's a cry out. I meant Finney Matthews. 
That was not his original name. That was the name his father gave him after his father from, was converted from high caste Hinduism. And he and his mom, had, uh, his, his father and his mother had been sent to a part of India that uh, had no gospel message. And Finney shared this story with me. I'm, I heard it from his own mouth. Now, Finney was about this tall. He was a big guy. He looked like he could have been a middle linebacker, and, um, which is not normal for most Indians. And when I, I um, continental Indians, and when I met him, I also met his mom and dad, who his dad stood about here and his mom stood about here to me. So that's his parents. And he told me, he said, here's what my mom and dad would do. They had no food whatsoever to feed their sons and their daughters. All they would have might be a, tea, a, a little bowl of sugar. And mother would take the sugar, boil water, put the sugar in it, and that would, and dad would pray way too long because we were so hungry, and dad would meet our need uh, by giving us sugar soup. And, and he, they'd say, the Lord is going to give you nutrition through this. This is his provision. And Finney said, we had weeks where we'd eat that way. And you know what always happened? We would just grow bigger than anybody in our class. And we grew, I, we were always the healthiest, the biggest, the strongest kids in our school. Because my mom and dad cried out to the Lord. Now, how many of you live that way? Well, I can't afford to do this. Well, have you cried out lately? Amen. Have you asked the Lord to meet your need? Amen. Some of us just, you know, we're so apathetic. Well, that, sometimes the storms in your life are to waken you up. Our competencies are what's really keeping us. Another, another major co- or that we have is our unwillingness to stop doing what we've always done. I don't need to say more about that. And then finally, our hearts get hard. Their hearts were hardened. Hardened. And it says later on in that verse that they had not gained any insight from the miracles that he'd done in the past. Let us never forget the things the Lord has done for us. So, you said how we, what are the oars? How do we drop the oars? These are some more of the words that, the, that we had during that time of the elders' retreat. Y'all, will y'all bear with us a few more minutes? We're three minutes over. Okay. Maybe we should drop that oar. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the clock off. There. Hey, we we could we could get the the kids the, if the kids workers are just overwhelmed. We could just say bring them up here. Bring the kids up here. They won't, they they never bother me. I know they bother you, but they never bother. Me. They don't bother. They don't bother anybody. <laughs> they don't bother most people. All right, how do we drop our orders? Well, the first thing we do is we embrace the word of the Lord. We hide it in our heart. 
We guard it. We, we think about it. We meditate on it. We consider it. Do you know how much work goes into making a good, look, a good ore? And used, they used to make those things all by hand. They were labors of love. There was a lot of devotion to them. And the Lord saying, all that stuff you do that way doesn't really count for much for me. I, I don't need that. And I think we have to be very careful that we're asking him to bless the works of our hands. Yeah, that there's nothing, and the scripture's filled with people that ask him that. But I think a greater prayer is, Lord, just come and take over. Lord, I just yield it all to you. I just pretend all my competency and all my learning and all the stuff. Lord, I just lay that as a sacrifice, and you do with it what you want. And that's when he begins to take what we have, have consecrated to him. We embrace, embrace weakness. And here's the way we can embrace weakness. We keep a dialogue with the Lord in every area, especially areas where we are strong. How many of us kind of are really good at praying to the Lord about the areas we got weakness in? But how about, well, I've got this. Ah, I can do this. I'm pretty good at that. You start hearing yourself say that, that's where you need to be going Okay, Lord, this, this is concerning me. Is it's an this an or. or? It's an or. It's an or. It's an or. Um, embrace others' gifts. It's not just about you. Sometimes you need to hear from somebody else. Maybe somebody that you've never heard from. Maybe the Lord is speaking through them, and they're the only one he's actually speaking to. And if you are so impressed with your leadership gift, and God does give us leaders... But sometimes leaders need to hear from somebody that's not. So embrace dependent. Uh, oh, embrace severe hatred of sin. I'm just going to tell you, I love westerns and cowboys, and there's some actors that I really like. And if I see an actor that I really like, I go, oh, I want to watch that. And, and you know, there's a there's a series out there that. I was excited about it. It's like cowboy, real cowboys. And it was kind of set in the modern day. And I'm not going to name names because I'm not, putting, I'm not wanting to put a trip on you. But I will say the Holy Spirit put a trip on me. Because after about watching three of those, the Holy Spirit began to convict me that this is not healthy. You should not dine on this stuff. And I've just got to say to us, we've all got to guard those oars we pick up and go, well, you know, there's a familiarity with the world that I kind of like. And, you know, hey, you know what's, it's not so bad. But the enemy is constantly wanting to ensnare our heart with things that aren't so bad. And it's constantly that we have to have a vigilance over our heart. We embrace dependency. We've been talking about that, listening to the Lord. Yeah. Embrace humility. God has been looking for a people who are finally weak enough for him to work in. Weak in our own ability and weak in our self-sufficiency. Weakness is humility realized. God's attracted to our weakness because it's a position of self-awareness of our real inabilities. We need to be a John 15, 5 people who are the kind who know that without me, you can do nothing. 
How many times did Jesus say that about himself? He's the son of God. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I mean, we hear that and we go, well, that's really good for Jesus. We need to embrace suffering. Yeah, that was something that, again, that we feel that, oh, man, I'm glad that pandemic's over and all the stuff that we went through. Man, now it's going to... Look, we are resilient. The Lord is going to is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But let's just be clear. There's still going to be suffering. Now, by the way, every one of these words were words that our elders... It was really fascinating. Brenda and I were trying to figure out, we got all these words of the Lord. We got this dropping the oar. That's a big word. And then we have every one of our elders... I just gave you the list of what... They didn't say it, embrace this. They said, well, I really feel like the Lord's saying we need to really focus on our weaknesses and really seek to understand that. And, you know, somebody said, well, we just really got to be dependent. And humility is a big word. And in suffering, and the next one, two, two, we need to have a fear of the Lord. We need to question those who question the Lord more than we question their, you know, the Lord. There's, there's a real danger in our culture today to think we imperiously can judge God. And he's the judge of the universe, and he keeps trying to remind us of that. And we need to quit putting ourselves in a position that we even have the capability or the tools to be an accurate judge of him. And, and then finally, we need to embrace unity. And that was one of the major words within the Antioch eldership that we, and, and then the other one was at, at at Rome among our leaders. And one of the things that, you know, the minute the Lord says, I want you to really focus on unity because it's a John 17 thing. If you don't know John 17, go home and read it. But Jesus' prayer for unity. And here's just the fact of the matter. The minute the Lord begins to emphasize unity, guess what the enemy wants to do? He wants to sow disunity. And so let's all stand. Thank you for your patience. Um, so here's what I'd, I'd really like for us to do, is I'd like for as many of you as you can uh, move up front and come up here to the front. Just leave your seats. We're just asking everybody that can to, to move into, and then the rest of you, we want you to move in the aisle. And if you're small enough, the reason I'm saying this, I'm too big to kneel in a seat in the middle. And I'm going to ask all of us as a church to kneel before the Lord. That's all of us. If, if you, don't, you don't have to if you don't feel a desire to do that. But I want us as a church, if you're part of the Antioch body and you found yourself a, a member of this body, I want us together to kneel before the Lord, our Maker. We sing these songs about kneeling before the Lord, and sometimes we don't. But kneeling is a posture of, of submission. It's a posture of consecration. It's a posture of humility. It's a posture of someone who's incredibly vulnerable. It's a hard position to defend yourself in. It's a posture of reverence. It's a fear of the Lord. 
And Lord, as a church, we consecrate ourselves. We surrender ourselves. Lord, as your elders of this church, we, we do so. And as the members and the of the living body of Christ, we surrender ourselves to the word of the Lord, Lord. Every area where we ever pick up an oar that we've built or someone's built for us, that we would lay that oar down and not depend on anything but the wind of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help, Lord, we ask that you would help us hoist our sails by fasting and prayer and humility and consecration. Lord, may every person in this room deal with the impurities in their life. Let the sludge pot catch the things that need to be filtered out of their lives. Lord, we ask for a fresh consecration in 2023. And Lord, we want to see your glory fill the earth. We want to see the river flowing under us as we float where you want us to go and blow where you blow us to.